Hey, Shalliford family. Thanks for tuning in to our brand new podcast. We're hoping that with all of the craziness that's going on in this season, it's going to give us an opportunity to use some new technology uh, to communicate with you, to encourage you, to give you resources, to figure out how to live in this new normal. So I'm here with Al Gilbert. Al, you there? Yes, I am, Johnny. And you know, I'm, I'm reminded of the text that we looked at Sunday to making the most of every opportunity. And like it or not, we have an opportunity. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's pretty cool. We, we've used other people in the church house to um, encourage us to, to use podcasts, to help us figure out the right places to record it. And so here we are. Hopefully this will last far beyond um, this self-isolation and self-quarantine and will become just a rather a regular part of our routine together. So here, here's what I want to talk about today. The first thing is that Matthew, our kids pastor, brought up a great phrase the other day. And he said, new normal. And so I was just thinking, what what is your new normal in the Gilbert house right now? Well, I think for those of you who know our living situation, we take care of KK's dad, who's almost 97 years old. We sometimes call him our toddler. So we he's got a regular routine, and quite frankly, nothing's changed about that. The thing that I think has changed for us is that I typically work from my home office. I spend a lot of time on the phone and in video conferencing with missionaries and pastors, and I'm still doing that. But I've expanded that to include spending more time in video meetings with our staff, as well as uh, video meetings with individual church members. So we're trying to take advantage of an opportunity to use the same things I've been doing, Unfortunately, we're not able to leave the house that much because we want to protect him. So that's kind of what's going on in our new normal. Yeah, that's good. I think for us, we're we're trying to figure out what to do with kids that are not in school. Uh, in some ways, it feels like summer. You know, I finally feel the parents' burden over summer, where you kind of go, uh, "Okay, two months with no school. No, we we could do something, right? You guys can go somewhere." Um, our daughter's in a public pre-K at a public school. And so that's closed down. One of our son goes to, was to preschool three days a week and that's closed down. So we're trying to stay busy and have fun and play in the yard. And, you know, I'm grateful all this is happening really at the turn of the weather. It could be a lot worse if this were happening in January or, I mean, imagine the holidays. Um, or Johnny, imagine what was happening a few months ago, but it seemed like the monsoon season and you couldn't go outside at all. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So we're enjoying the outdoor weather right now. Uh, In fact, I'm looking out the window right now at my wife and daughter sitting in our brand new hammocks in the backyard. So we're having fun outside. So we're making the best use of our time, just like you preached about on Sunday. So we're trying to be obedient. Uh, I I think here's the question I want to start with today. With this new normal, we're all trying to figure out how to live. How do we live in this new normal? Al, as a pastor and as pastoring our people here in, in East Cobb, how would you answer that question? How do we live in this new normal? Well, you know, Johnny, it almost makes me want to go back to the question we've been asking for the last couple of years. How do we shepherd a people who live in a very complex commuter society? And we've been thinking, are we using the right tools uh, how do we make sure that this is not just a Sunday gathering congregation? How do we help people in their relationship with God and in their relationship in their home and in their relationships with others? And as I look at what it means to have this new schedule with 
everyone having to think how to work from home and how to be at home with their kids without it being summer. Uh, I think we have to start asking some basic questions about, is there anything we need to do to make sure we have a relationship with God that is constant? And are there some special things we need to do about our relationship with God? And are there some special things we need to do about our relationships with each other? So now I've been talking so long, I don't remember your question, but it was, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking as I look at our congregation, I'm saying, how do we help us think about the right things? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, for what I feel as a parent right now, maybe what a lot of people feel in the same way with, with church is I feel for my kids that I go, well, I didn't sign up to be a teacher and I didn't sign up to homeschool, but here we are. And I bet a lot of our people feel the same way. And I wonder if some people feel that way with church too. They thought, okay, I normally go to church once a week to kind of get my spiritual, my spiritual fill up or uh, and that's never what we've wanted to do at Shalford. That's ne- we've always wanted to make disciples who can, who can read the scriptures, who can pray on a daily basis, and we've seen great growth in that. But the reality is that everybody still struggles to live every single day walking with God, walking with Jesus. And now here we are, where we don't have a once a week kind of reorienting. Let's go back to the church house. Let's worship together. Let's hear preaching. Let's let our kids get some Bible teaching from the great kids ministry. We don't have that anymore. So now we're more dependent on our day-to-day lifestyles. So how should we think about that, our day-to-day living, without having a once-a-week visit to the church house to gather with God's people? How do we think about our spiritual life? Well, that really is the question, Johnny. And I've seen conversations with some friends around the nation and around the world who say, does this maybe give us the opportunity to be reminded what church is supposed to be. I mean, it's it's more than a gathering. It's okay that it includes the gathering. But even think about those who live in countries where they either can't worship openly or maybe some of our missionaries that that don't have they have very few converts and they have very few opportunities to even gather with believers and sing and study the scripture because they're still trying to win someone to Christ. So I think if we start looking at it like that, we have to say what should be happening every day and what should be happening every week. And uh, eventually that's going to bring us back to a conversation of what have I built into my life that gives me an opportunity to have a relationship with God every single day. So we've been kind of kicking around a word, Johnny, that We've said maybe this is a time in the new normal that we ought to be looking at what are the new habits for the new normal. Yeah, I think that word habits is really powerful. And and I know you've been talking to us a lot about habits lately. So why why has the word habits been impactful for you lately? What have you been learning about habits even <laughs> before we step into this? Well, you know, I have to reveal that uh, I've been reading some books and one of them was a written by a guy who talked about atomic habits, where he said, there are just certain things that you do that begin to trigger something much bigger. And I think for those who are naturally disciplined, maybe they think, okay, I've got all my habits figured out. But I think a lot of people struggle to build. I mean, just look at how many times people start and stop diets. (laughs) Look at how many times people start and stop uh, exercise routines. 
So a lot of people have started and stopped things when it comes to building habits in their life in a relationship with God. And so this guy talked about when you when you think about habits, you have to start small. You have to start with something that you can actually accomplish. And then that sense of accomplishing puts you on a path that you can start developing more habits. So uh, where do you want to start talking about that? Well, I think you, you said something earlier uh, before we hopped on and started recording, but you were talking about how small choices um, and small habits can, can have massive effects. And, and you, you talked about the reason he chose the word atomic was because the atom is so tiny, um, but something massive happens when it splits. It can cause such a massive explosion. And I think those are the kinds of things we're thinking about now that in some ways I feel like my life has shrunk because of all the limits that have been imposed on me from the outside. Um, and so I can't go certain places. I can't see certain people. And so it feels like my life has just become really small. And, and in some ways that makes me feel (laughs) claustrophobic. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering, okay, so what's meaningful? What, what can I do that matters right now? But I think by your definition of habits and by what this guy has said is that, uh, habits, if they're really, really tiny, but we stay really, really faithful to them, they can have a massive impact on our life and then therefore through us into the lives of those around us. And so I think the question for us is what kind of habits are we looking at and why are our habits so important? You know, we, we talked earlier that part of the reason we want to talk about habits is because everyone has habits, whether you know it or not. Some of our habits are good. Some of them are not good. But one reality for all of us is that all of our habits shape what we love. They shape how we think. You know, Romans 8 talks about the mind that is set on the flesh and the mind that's set on the spirit. And that mindset is really determined by your habits, right, Al? Yeah, that's exactly right. And it it says, set your mind. And, you know, we always find ourselves in the struggle about what is uh, a work and what is uh, God's grace at work in our lives. But there's no question that God wants us to work out what he's working in us. And that means when the scripture tells us to set our mind, when it tells us to submit our, ourselves as a living sacrifice, all of those are responses. They're actions that we take in response to the goodness and the presence of God. So if we're going to talk about a habit that makes a difference in our relationship with him, what would that habit be? That one little place we can start, what would that first habit be? So, you know, Johnny, we said before we started that this is kind of like when I call you up at the end of the service and you look at me like, oh no, what are you, what are you going to ask me? <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to turn it back to you, Johnny. What is, what is that first habit that we would long for in our own lives and in the lives of our congregation? Well, let me set it up by giving you some context for my life that I, people all the time say to us, we went from zero kids to four kids in about two years. And so uh, people always say, wow, that must be hard. And I typically respond and I say, no, I get to go to work every single day. My wife is at home with the kids or some version of the kids. And so uh, for me, going to work and being a pastor, part of my job is to spend time in scripture. Part of my job is to pray. So I know even if I wake up later or the baby keeps us up through the night in a weird way, um, that even if I get, even though I don't spend time with the Lord in the morning, I know when I get to the office, I'm going to have some alone time to be able to do that. But now under this new normal, that's totally different. And even this week uh, on Monday, 
I got very little sleep, but I happened to be up before the kids and I, and I had some good time to spend in scripture and the day was incredible. Uh, and I wasn't physically tired, even though I didn't get much sleep. And I was just spiritually very in tune with who God is and living in his presence. Tuesday, uh, I slept as much as I wanted to, didn't spend any time in scripture and it showed in the morning. I, I was just angry. I was impatient. I was irritable. And I told Carrie throughout the day, I said, you know what? Uh, the one thing I can point to that was different was not just my sleep, but I didn't spend any time with the Lord. And so one, the first habit that we've talked about is what would happen if we looked at our phones, if we looked at our Bibles before we looked at our phones, before we looked at uh, the digital world that awaits us, or, or before we looked at the news, what if the first thing we looked at was scripture? And really, I think it's a test between what's going to define your reality. What are you looking for? What am I looking for to give me meaning and identity and hope today? And on some days when that's not scripture, I can feel it. I I can just feel my flesh take over. I feel sin overwhelm me. Um, But I think if we could all make a habit, something that's very attainable, whether you have no kids or five kids at home, what if one of your habits was looking at the scriptures before you looked at anything else? And trust me right now, there's a lot we could be looking at, right? Yeah, and Johnny, let's talk about some of the the real serious threats to doing what you just said. My first one is I use my phone as my way to set an alarm. And I set an alarm, and when I turn off the alarm, sometimes I've already got things that have shown up on the screen, and I've got to deal with them. So if I'm going to take that seriously, I'm going to have to drill into myself before I go to sleep at night. Do I know what my first appointment is? Do I know what my first commitment is? And make some space in my calendar and in my mind that the first thing I'm going to do is not try to refresh my calendar on the screen because now I've already got my phone in my hand and I'm looking. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's right. And, and you know, something we say on the weekends is we say that, and we took this from a pastor in Florida, Dean and Sarah, but I, I've seen him tweet all the time and say, Sunday morning church is a Saturday night decision. And I think that's true about all of our mornings. We can, we can think intentionally about the mornings the night before we go to sleep. And so part of what I've done and what Carrie has done in our house is we've tried to use the do not disturb feature some. And so sometimes that's haunted us. But honestly, those times have been really few. We've rarely regretted having the do not disturb feature. We can always turn it off, but it kind of keeps our phones from going crazy buzzing. Uh, I don't get a lot of notifications. I get texts and calls, but I don't get emails dinging me. And and so part of that, your job may require that. And and we understand that that's different. But but I think regardless, even if you see those things, the reason we want to encourage you to look at scripture before your phones or the digital world now, is because it's a matter of perspective. What perspective are you going to live with your day? Are you going to live from God's perspective or from your own perspective? And there's something about waking up in the morning and realizing that I need to crawl before the throne of God and confess John 15 that I can do nothing apart from you, Jesus. Uh, I can't figure out the the track that this coronavirus is going to take. I can't figure out the the trajectory of my job in light of that. I can't figure out when my kids are going to be back in school, but I can trust God today. 
And so when I get up, I've got a choice. Am I going to go and try to figure out the news and, and decode what's going to happen with my life? Or am I going to come to God's word and be filled up on who he is? You know, Johnny, that's good. And I'm sitting here listening and thinking, I wonder how people would feel if they came to our typical staff meeting, because we've kind of built a pattern of taking opposite sides of an issue to make sure we're looking at every issue thoroughly. Right. I mean, we call it, we call it the loyal opposition. You know, we don't give, we don't call it the devil's advocate and give a devil any credit. We, We say, so what's the other side of that issue? And I'm sitting here thinking, if someone's listening to this podcast now, they're thinking, well, now, wait a minute. I read the scripture on my phone. You know, what am I supposed to do about that? Well, I would say, well, that kind of depends on your ability to discipline yourself, right? I mean, if, yeah. you really, if you really think you can pull that off, go for it. I know for me personally, I can't pull that off. I need to set my phone aside and pick up the book. Because when I've got the book in my hand and not my phone in my hand, I'm not. There's no temptation to to vary and go somewhere else. And and maybe we have to also differentiate, and we'll do this, I'm sure, later. What's the difference between uh, meditation and reading the scripture to be able to let God speak to me from His Word and genuine Bible study? Because you know, Bible study, you may want to choose some different tools. And uh, reading the Bible through in a year, that's that's going to be up to you as to how you set up that reading plan. But if you're going to use the scripture as God's given tool to speak to your heart, you have to think through ahead of time how you're going to do that in an uninterrupted way. Right. And I think you, you've been good about being on the other side of the teeter-totter, even between us two, that I it does work really well for me to engage in a read through the Bible in a year plan. Um, but I know you are so faithful to keep reminding us um, depth is more important than mileage, you know? Yeah. And so, I, and so I think when you, when you think about waking up in the morning, I've heard this great illustration and we'll try to post a link to this article, but someone at desiringgod.com, a wonderful ministry, you can go read and be encouraged by their articles, but they wrote about daily Bible reading that, it's not so much that every day you're waking up trying to spend an hour in study. You're, you're not trying to grasp five chapters and you're not trying to wrap. I mean, it's got to be attainable what you do every day. And so the way this person and this writer described it was, it's like manna. God is going to give you what you need for today. And that doesn't always mean you're going to get a ton. And that doesn't always mean you're going to read the most chapters that you've ever read or you're going to spend the most time you've ever spent. But sometimes that means you get just enough. And so you may read a few verses. You may read one verse. Uh, you, you may just sit down and read a verse you're working on memorizing. Or, or you may read a chapter or two. But but I would encourage you to try to find one verse, a couple words to meditate on and ask, God, who are you showing me that you are in this verse? Uh, how are you leading me to Jesus by this verse? And how should I respond because of this verse? So ultimately, that's what we're trying to do when we get up in the morning. When we say read scripture before the digital world, we don't mean for 30 minutes. We don't even necessarily mean for 10. It could be two. Uh, But I think the important thing is that you're being still, you're being quiet before God, and you're letting His voice fill you before you're letting any other voices impact uh, how you view the world today. 
So, Johnny, let me remind us and our listeners to what it takes to develop a habit. Developing a habit means there's some type of reminder. And we're saying that let the reminder be, if you pick up your phone to turn off the alarm, you look at it and go, nope, I'm not going to dive into the phone yet. So there's some trigger. And that trigger is to find a way to lay lay aside your digital world and pick up the scripture and and let that be the trigger. The routine is that you've set some kind of action. And by having that action, you can take that action and good things can happen. And the last is there must be some kind of reward. And the reward when it comes to the scripture is the benefit of sensing that you're in God's presence and he wants to talk to you and he wants you to talk to him. And those things are requirements of what it takes to build a habit in our life. Yeah, that's right. And I think the the word that you brought up to us recently is that if we can define what it means to be a Christian or when you were talking to us, what it means to be in ministry and the word joy is not a part of that description, then then we've missed it somewhere. And so I think when you talk about the reward, we're not talking about the law. We're not talking about a negative reward where if you don't do it, you feel guilt and shame. We're talking about a positive reward that when you do this, uh, we believe that you're going to experience joy because you're going to be living your life in the presence of God. Psalm 16 reminds us that in the presence of God is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So you have infinitely deep and infinitely long joy and pleasures in the presence of God. And so that's the reward for for engaging this habit. Well, Johnny, it's my prayer that as we walk this journey together, that people will begin to see that God's word really is true. He wants to be giving us a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And he wants to satisfy our soul with his own goodness as he fills us up with a sense of his presence and a sense of his direction. So I've enjoyed talking to you about this today, Johnny. Anything you need to add? No, I think that's it. I'm excited to keep doing these a few times a week and encouraging our people and hopefully some beyond our people who are just looking for encouragement during this time. So I just want to say thank you for listening. Be sure to check out our website, shalliford.church. We're going to be posting updates. We're going to be posting sermon videos and all sorts of different content on our blog and in other ways. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Shalford, we're praying for you. There's a place on our website. You can let us know how to pray for you. If you have anything specific, we would love to hear from you during this time. So we love you. And as we always say, you are sent.